1: Exploring faith and the future. Neil Johnson and Bible teacher, Dr. Camille Magdalene. Let's talk some more about why men hate going to church. We've found out that there are some things that men are afraid of. We've found out that there are some challenges to men when it comes to going along and being a part of a local church because of some of the feminine aspects of church. We've been talking through... Uh, issues in a book called Why Men Hate Going to Church by David Murrow. Camille, why men hate going to church? There's lots of reasons. Let's talk about another one of those. All right. Another reason that came up in Murrow's
0: book, and I can easily elaborate from my own experience. There is a perception among men that the Christian lifestyle is boring, no more fun, you'll be straitjacketed. You might even become a laughingstock among your mates because while they're going out having beers and going hunting, you're going to church. And that it's going to be an endless round of prayer meetings, sing songs, and minding naughty little children. There is that perception out there. And you know what, Neil? We need to deal with that perception
1: head on. How do you deal with it? It comes down, I guess, to the church program. Mm -hmm. Someone coming up with new strategic and inventive initiatives that are going to be appealing to men.
0: There's a few ways to look at this. How do we deal with this perception, which is not necessarily just limited to men? There are also women who probably think that to live the biblical Christian lifestyle is the end of thinking, the end of fun, the end of fulfillment and enjoyment, and just endless meanings. A couple things we need to bear in mind. Yes, there is a place for targeting programs that inspire, inform, are recreational, and appeal to where men are at. Generally speaking, and there are exceptions, of course, men do like the outdoors. They do like to have a challenge. Sport is a big thing, although it's whether you like to watch sport. My case, I prefer to do sport rather than watch it. I think it's, it's better in every way. But there is a place for enjoying the outdoors. And after all, the Savior spent a lot of time outdoors. He didn't sit in church buildings all that often, uh, synagogues on Sabbath, but oftentimes he was outdoors. So there is that. And programs have a place. But I also remember the words of George Otis Jr., who's an expert on transforming revivals. And he's a little bit provocative, but there's truth to what he's saying, that programs on their own, don't bring revival. What we ultimately need, Neil, for the Western world and for men is a revival. And there were touches of that, especially like with the Promise Keepers of of the 1990s, where men are getting fired up for God and wanting to take responsibility for their own lives and for their families to be better husbands and to be better fathers. It's interesting how radical feminists were just livid over the promise keepers. I don't have all the details, but they were, uh, it was a declaration of war, all because these guys were repenting and, and wanting to lift their game in the areas of marriage and family. We need a revival. And revival, of course, can do wonders for all kinds of people, including men. And that, of course, comes through diligent seeking of God and inviting
1: a move of the Holy Spirit. And Camille, when it comes to the challenges that we have as men, what greater challenge could there be than a Great Commission, which is a manly pursuit? The Great Commission
0: is a wonderful challenge for men and for women. It's the only homework assignment Christ ever gave the church. There is no other. If we're doing anything else apart from the Great Commission, we are, to be blunt, failing the Lord. And I also want to hasten to add that when you're about the Father's business of the Great Commission, God will not only take care of your business, but you will have an adventurous, fruitful, and fulfilled life that any
1: man could be proud of.